Hello and welcome to Berwick Speedway's Total Access Extra Podcast with myself, Scott Frame. On this episode, we will review the 2023 season for the FTS Bandits, GHT Bullets, and we'll skip over the sport as a whole. Joining me to go through all of this is the Jedbra Jedi himself, Bullets Captain Greg Blair, and our race night commentators of James Black and Marty Clyde. Boys, how are we all? We all okay? All good. Very yeah, good, thank good, you. Thanks. Good stuff, good stuff, good to hear you so enthusiastic. Uh, on this episode, as we say, we're going to be going through it. We'll speak about the bullets. Uh, first of all, Marty, I'm going to come to you, uh, kind of first of all. The, it was a, a strange old year for the bullets um, in terms of kind of injuries and stuff like that. But going into the season, there was um, pretty much there was an air of kind of confidence with some of the signings that they put together. It looked to be a strong lineup, but it just quite, didn't quite get started. Um, if we look back to kind of April, Bellevue away, and it kind of snowballed for there, really, didn't it? It did indeed, and uh, as you say, the, the injury that Archie picked up that day in Bellevue almost set the tone, if you like, and uh, that was the sort of the, the beginning of it for the Bullets, but ultimately the, the, the side that was assembled for the Bullets, you know, that experienced guys like, say, obviously Connor and, and Danny and, and Greg as well, you know, having ridden at that level, uh, for two or three or a couple of seasons anyway. So it was a, a, a season filled with optimism for the Bullets, but it just, for one reason or another, it didn't just quite happen. And uh, it, it was quite sad to see because obviously the effort, for anybody that witnessed their efforts, you know, that it was 100% every time. So it was just one of those unfortunate things and that happens in Speedway. James Marty speaks about the effort there, but if you had went to any of the Bullets matches this year, especially at home, you were getting your money's worth with them. Last heat deciders we've seen, it was it was incredible. You're right. Uh, it was uh, the, the, as, as Marty says that the effort was there, and and the 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 one thing I would say is that you can always, you know, as a, as a fan, you can always you can always stomach your team losing as long as they go down swinging and and go down fighting. And ninety nine times out of hundred, the the bullet certainly did that, and as you say, last heat deciders were um, were a plenty, uh, you know, and and, and it uh, it did that. The, the entertainment factor was there, as it has been throughout the entire tenure of the bullets. To be quite honest, absolutely, Greg. Uh, just to come to you, we speak about entertainment there, and uh, Martin James have kind of both kind of picked up on the fact that when we get those last heat deciders and we see the kind of entertainment value and stuff like that and going down swinging, um, a guy that we've seen quite a lot this season at Shieldfield Park, I think he was the top score, top point scorer, he probably earned the most money around Shieldfield this year was Lee Compton. Uh, you must have enjoyed the battles with him, but at the same time, there was a lot of guys that you've enjoyed battles with, especially around Shieldfield. Yeah, you know, Lee is one of them lads that I can go out and I can race against and I know that if he's going to come round me or whatever, um, it's going to it's going to look spectacular. But at the same time, it's fairly safe, and it's the same as if I go around him as well. I mean, Lee, you've got quite a, a respect for each other. You know, we're a couple of old boys in this now, and same. You know, there's a lot of lads out there in the national league that you 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 maybe have to keep an eye on. It's not so much the fact that they're uh, they're bad or anything like that. I think you only get the the naughty boys is when you get right up the top of uh, the top level of Speedway but it's just the younger and experienced boys that's the ones that you you kind of want to keep an eye out for but on a whole it's been uh, you know it's it's been an experience um, if I can say it over the three years but you know going to, the, going to this season yeah it was just a um, 
a bit of a disaster for for everyone. You know, I think if you were to look at every single rider throughout the throughout the Bullets team, I wouldn't say that any of them had the season that they wanted. Totally, Marty. Uh, just looking at the side, who, who impressed you in the Bullets side this year? I, I would say guys like uh, Jamie Holder, a, a guy that I didn't hate or, or haven't seen much of or uh, knew much about. And at times, he come up with a, a battling display when you least expected it. Um, and and to that end, you know, he would pop out the start and he'd be like the proverbial roadblock. The guys just couldn't get by him. And uh, Greg will maybe speak more about this, but when you see him, he's probably the most unsuspecting speedway rider you'll ever see. He's just no your natural sort of typical guy that you expect to be a, a speedway rider. If I was to say there was a stereotype, but Jamie Holder definitely, uh, and Danny Phillips. I mean, they all they all had their moments, but Jamie Holder is somebody that I I, I didn't know much about, and he impressed me certainly. And uh, Josh Embleton to a degree as well because he he was all action. He was no quite as action as Jethro's own, if you like, but. Certainly, it was it was all action at times. So uh, guys like that, because you knew what you're going to get from like Connor and Greg and and what have you, and, and Mason as well. But uh, yeah, Jamie Holder is certainly the the standout performer for me on, on that front. Greg, I know Jamie's uh, for me. Uh, Jamie Hildier get got my vote for the for the rider of the year for the bullets. Um, I was just so impressed with his attitude throughout the season. Um, especially been in and around the pits, some of the away tracks and stuff like that. He was a sponge, he took on information, he wasn't one for um just kind of skipping people off or whatever. He wanted to know people's opinion. And I know that's the impression that uh, was kind of made in you as well, Greg. Yeah, he did. You know, he was for always coming over and either asking or just helping. It wasn't a case of he wouldn't come over and say, Do you need a hand? He would just give you a hand. We we had him on the podcast. And uh, I was taken aback by the intelligence of the guy. I mean, when Marty was saying there that he doesn't look like a typical speedway rider, he very much reminded me of Paul Clues. Uh, just did not look like the type of guy that would stick a, a helmet on and uh, and rattle on like he did. But, uh, you know, he was the Bullet Rider of the Year, um, chosen by, by the boys. And he thoroughly deserved that. You know, he, he was a, a proper team player. And, you know, even even when he was having a bad time, uh, or a bad night, or whatever else like that. He always had a smile on his face, and he was always coming over for a for a bit chat with the boys. So uh, yeah, great great lad, and um, hopefully we see him uh, getting sorted out somewhere next year. Absolutely, James. What about yourself? Is there a a standout rider or a, a, a highlight that you're going to remember for this season from the Bullets? Um, I think I think in terms of a standout, yeah, I can only echo what the guys have said. Jamie Halder was uh, certainly the rider that got my vote for for Rider of the Year. Um, for for all the reasons that have just been mentioned and and I think in terms of um in terms of a a highlight I reckon probably the the um the battles that Greg had with uh, with with the aforementioned Lee Copeland um were a bit of a highlight they were uh, thoroughly entertaining and and it's the, they're the sort of the sort of races and this and the sort of things that uh, live long in the memory um you know that the the, the and I think if anything sort of typified the the sort of bullets as a whole um, over the their sort of brief uh, tenure, it probably is that, that those sort of you know that sort of level of entertainment and and the people that didn't 
go to watch it really did miss out, I feel. 100%. Got to agree with you there, James. Craig, see on the back, so I'm going to ask you kind of, for the kind of boys' kind of reaction to the the news that the bullets weren't going to be running next year because it, as we as we know it's quite well documented that there's a lot of jibbity over uh, whether or not the, the National League will run next year I suppose we'll find out over the next few weeks um what was the kind of boys reaction to that did you did you guys get told what, what how did it all kind of pan out and what what was ultimately the the kind of reaction for the boys you know I think in no disrespect to anybody involved or anything like that. You know, I know that Jamie had put quite a lot of time and effort and money uh, into the into the bullets. The way that the season had went for both teams hadn't been great, and I think Jamie had just needed to do something, or you know, we're going to lose we're going to lose what we had, and you know, the bullets had to go. Um, I think the guys, some of the guys would have been a bit upset about it. That they hadn't been given another chance or anything like that, but looking at it from our point of view, there'll be a lot of lads, you know, not knowing what's happening next year with the National League. I think we might see a lot of boys that maybe just end up doing like little amateur meetings now and again. Um, with the with the cost of speedway machinery, and uh, you know, we ride at National League. I can tell you, you know, the the wages are completely different to what they are, Championship and Premiership. But at the same time, you need, you need your bike to be up to championship standard in the National League. Um, you know, there's no, say, for instance, your, your your chain guard, for argument's sake, a chain guard on the bike. The guys in the Premiership pay the same as what the guys in the National League pay for a chain guard. It's it's all the it's all the same. There's no difference there. Um, so yeah, it is quite expensive. Cost of living. All the lads in the National League have got jobs and. Some of us have got families to support and it does take its toll on it. And, you know, there'll be a few boys that don't actually want to stop. But at the end of the day, you know, that it, it can't last forever. And if you've not if you've not made it, you know, now, especially, you know, at my age, if you're kind of kicking on like that and you've not really got anything on the horizon, it, you know, it might be time to call it a day. Mm-hmm. Greg, I'm going to come back to you on this one because I feel it's only right that we get, I get the kind of rider's point of view because what I'm going to ask is maybe straight to the point, so to speak. Um, the Bullets, obviously, we've, we've had the kind of three-year stint, but this is the kind of first year where obviously you'd had some meetings in the Championship, etc. We, we stepped them up, but there was no there's no riders within the, 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 the side that had that ambition to kick on into the championship and kind of maybe do that full time or whatever that may be. I think that's fair to say from the, the observations that we, we've kind of had. Um, do you think as a kind of wider league, the National League, that's ultimately what's what's kind of, what's kind of held it back is that there's not enough riders coming through to use it as a kind of stepping stone to go into the championship and do that full time, where the ethos of the Bullets essentially was it was a stepping stone from the academy into the Bullets, into the Bandits. Yeah, um, that's the way that it, it should have been. It wasn't. And again, um, it's 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 difficult to comment on because, you know, the guys that are in charge aren't just like the guys that are paying the wages, they're also mates of mine as well. And... This isn't just necessarily the the Berwick side. I think it's everywhere else. You know, there was a there was a part of th- this season where I did think that I was going to be stepping up uh, after I had done a few guest bookings. It didn't happen. I completely 
understand the reasons why it didn't happen. But at the same time, I kind of think, why not just give me a shot at it? You know, it's it's going all right. And that's not me just saying that on a personal note. I'm not just saying that because it's me. If there had been anybody else, let's say if it had been Mason Watson or, or, or Danny Phillips, you know, club assets that had been going that bit bit better and and doing the doing the thing for the bullets had a bit blast with the bandits and it didn't go you know and it, and and they could have got in yes it would have been nice to see but on the other side of it national league at times even in the pits hearing things before races in all tracks all over the country it was more or less just uh the guys were getting too comfortable you know, they would get a fright if a if a championship team came on the phone and says, "Can you ride for us in a couple of days' time?" Oh no, I, I quite like I know what I'm doing in the National League and I'm settled. And I think that is the issue. National League did get a little bit too tame, and you knew that you know you had your Jordan Jenkins boys like that that you, that riders would think, "Oh, well, I'm not beating him, so there's no point." But then they would see another rider that they'd be like, "Oh, well, I can probably beat him." They could pick how many points they were going to score in the night and go out and get that and then go home and be happy. And that's not racing mentality, in my opinion. No. Uh, Marty, just to come back to yourself, so we've we've had the bullets for, for three years. Uh, now, what what would you pick out as a kind of a highlight for that, whether it be a race or whether it be seeing a rider's development, whatever it may be, what would your highlight be? A combination of both, really. Um, I, would, I would go as far to say... Um, <laughs> We've got him on the sh- on the show. Greg's antics at times have been absolutely tremendous. I seem to remember. I think it was a double header the first year, and the, the uh, bullets were racing the Colts in the second half of the meeting. Well, the second part of the double header, and um, I would go as far to say that I've, I've probably seen as much passing on that one meeting as I did. And maybe three meetings up and down the country. Um, so I would say that the enthusiasm for the lads and when they were, you know, some of the the antics, if you like, on, on track, passing manoeuvres. And some weeks, some of the guys, Greg especially, has come charging into the first bend at Berwick. And you think, is he going for a hot dog or run the boards? He was just, you know, in, in a different postcode. And uh, there was that one. Uh, which was, as I say, against the Colts. And I think it was the second season, there was a uh, meeting with Milden Hall and it went down to our last heat decider and I think Ben Rathbone scored about nine paid 13 and him and Greg got a 5-1 in heat 14. And Greg was pulling off these sort of Bartosz, uh, uh, Smarzik sort of moves to get by um, somebody, I think it was Luke Muff or somebody like that. And it was just to set up the last heat decider. And it was those sort of moments where you think, Milden Hall are a really strong team. And here we are, we've got the Bullets who are probably, to a degree, punching above their weight and just taking them to a last heat decider. So that sort of thing was really, really pleasing to see. Same question to yourself, James. Um, I think, for me, the, the highlight has probably been guys that are actually local to the to Berwick getting a crack at league racing, you know, that maybe ordinarily wouldn't have otherwise. Um, you know, guys like Kieran Douglas, Mason Watson, um, you know, guys like that. And uh, and obviously Greg as well. Like Greg's been able to um 
come back uh, to the sport after what ten plus years out, something like that. Um, you know, and he's been able to to you know to to probably put you know put a mark on on his career and maybe right some of the wrongs that uh, that 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 there maybe were in, in his first sort of stint. And I don't mean that in a in a disrespectful way at all. It it, it allowed him to you know put a lot of the things uh, right. And I'm sure I'm sure if you were to ask Greg himself, I'm sure he would uh, I'm sure he would agree with me. Uh, I think that as well. And just the I think as well. There's not been the the National League side like watching the bullets at, at times was it, it wasn't taken quite as seriously as what the the Bandits meetings were and what I mean by that is like I I don't mean that the they weren't you know that they weren't trying or that or they weren't um you know putting the same effort in of course they were but because it was at like a, a sort of like you know a lower a lower level that. It reminded me of what like Speedway was like when I first started watching it, and the sort of reasons that you got into it because it was just like you know the guys were out there having fun, riding their bikes, and win, lose or draw, they were still you know still had their their sort of heads held high, and and you know they they'd done their best, and and you could ask no more of them. Um, whereas once you come up, it becomes a much more heavy emphasis on you know having to win and and having to have that that real winning mentality as it should be but ultimately it is it is an entertainment based uh you know as a form of entertainment and thoroughly entertained we were absolutely greg what would your just looking back over the kind of last three years, not probably not just this season, but taking into account the whole time that the kind of bullets is there, your return to the sport, as James has mentioned, um, how are you reflecting and all that? Because obviously you've had some time now to kind of reflect on the season. You've had obviously health health issues that you've had that kind of ruled you out for some of the last part of the season as well. How are you reflecting on the last three years as a whole? As James said, coming back and, and being able to, you know, right some wrongs, absolutely 100%. And I think the main thing that I did come back and do was I showed that I could pull off overtake manoeuvres that weren't sketchy, weren't dangerous, and weren't going to wipe anybody out, including myself. I, okay, I did wipe myself out a few times, but it wasn't for it wasn't the fact of being sketchy and out of control. It was just sometimes you run out of talent. And I felt like I came back and... I showed what I'm worth and, you know, I got picked for, um, got picked into championship teams a few times, uh, guest bookings here, there and everywhere and enjoyed the, enjoyed the, the three years that I, I had with the Bullets. They were absolutely fantastic. I, I, I have to say that although I've had many great nights around, uh, around Shieldfield Park and a lot of fans listening to this will have seen it and I would imagine that nobody apart from yourself, Scott, and, and uh, a handful of people that were at Kent that night, I weighed when uh, it was absolutely pouring rain. We went out there to, you know, that because the league title was on the line. We went out on the wettest I've ever seen. Like after racing that track that night, I thought to myself, there is no way speed we can ever have a rain off after we have ridden in this. It was tapes up, out, second bend, take the goggles off. That is how bad it got. And the fact that the team, just everybody got in about each other, all, st- all got stuck in, um, and it just showed, like, you know, the 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 heart of us all and how good it was. And that 
I think that one that one memory that I have from the three years at Bullets, Kent will always stick in my mind. Um, it was an excellent, excellent uh, meeting. That's the that's the one meeting that kind of sticks in my head. Not just with the not just with the Bullets and the kind of the time that I've worked in Speedway. I said it on the kind of uh, the Total Access countdown show I did with, with Scott Courtley. That sticks in my head as one of the highlights of being involved in. In the sport, and as I've said before, when you're reading comments for Kent fans, now anybody that's ever been to Kent will know the, with the Central Park Stadium, the pits were actually way miles away from the main stand. And the fact that you had fans that were in the main stand commenting on Facebook saying that the Berwick Riders were like Romans going into battle, we were that loud, we were all cheering one another up. It was awesome. It, that's the only way I can describe it. It was absolutely mm. awesome. It was a phenomenal night. And you're right, Greg. Uh, right, boys, what I'm going to do to round off this kind of National League uh, and Bullets section of the of this podcast, what I'm going to do is, is that we're going to talk Riders of the Year, but what I want you guys, want you guys to think about, and I'll give you an example of what, where I'm coming from, is that we know the guys like maybe Jordan Jenkins, who quickly outgrew the National League this year, but has actually seen it through. Uh, your Lee Collins, Alfred Patel's, all the kind of bigger riders that obviously would have been up there for rider of the year uh, in the National League. But what I want you to do, and as I say, I'll give you my example in a second, is I want you to think of that rider that you've seen that you didn't really know that much about, but you went, oh, that boy's a rider, or he'll, he'll go places that really raised an eyebrow. Now, for me, over the two meetings that I've seen him this season, in fact, three, I'm sure he would have a meeting in Glasgow as well that I attended. Um, one of the boys that really stood out to me was Bellevue's Freddie Hodder. Now, I know in the background, Stuart Robson does a lot of work with him, helps him uh, talk on technique, engines, etc., etc. But he's really a rider that I can see uh, going places. He was impressed with him at the British under-19s at Workington um, as well. And I thought when he came to Berwick, um, I thought he took a ride, he went out, and then I just thought he was excellent after that. It was always kind of in the mix. And I definitely, with the way he rides, you can see a bit of robo in him. Um, maybe a bit hear him, scare him at times, but definitely uh, a rider I can see progressing into that. I mean, I think the boy's only about 17. I can definitely see him having uh, a big future in the sport because obviously I've put this, uh, I've sprung this boy on you boys. I'm not going to come to you. I'm going to let somebody jump in first just if they've got one off the top of their head to let the other boys kind of catch up. Well, I know that the guys are going to be fighting over this one so i'm gonna so leave it to you i'm I'm not gonna go for the obvious one at all even though i have to say that we all know who i'm talking about uh is one of the stars of tomorrow and has got a massive future in the sport but one of the riders that's really impressed me and ended his season or really badly at oxford was uh, max perry um saw him riding at you know a t- really high level in the championship uh pairs meeting where he went out and he beat Josh Pickering, uh, and he, you know, he won that race. He's a very quiet, down to earth, chilled lad, and you know, he's um, he's got, he has got a lot of talent in him. He just the progression that he's on at the moment that'll get him going somewhere. But uh, for me, Max Perry, he's impressed me, and and that's over the you know the the seasons that I've seen him riding. His progression levels just been going on nice and slowly, and I think the worst thing that could happen to him is somebody coming in and. Uh, putting his name all over the in lights and everything else like that. He's doing it the right way. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with that. I've seen him coming through the youth system, seen him at the British Youth Championships and stuff, and he's just been steady away, progressing. Uh, right, Marty, James, whoever jumps in I, first gets him. I, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to agree with you, Scott. I'm going to say Freddie Hodder as well. 
because the, the both times that I've seen him, um, it was one of those names that when you after the meeting you're talking about, fair enough, to, you may be talking the usual in terms of heat leaders has gotten the, the big points, but it's uh, the the guys, the second strings, the reserves, and you're thinking that's no a name I've ever heard. I must remember the name because he's ridden um, well all night and he's not been like silly with his manoeuvres. He's not ridden above his talent, if you like, but he's, he's put a, a steady shift in, but he's also looked very stylish on the bike and he's also looked uh, looked very much in control and, and things like that. And a couple of times that I've seen him, as I say, you're, you're walking away. Freddie Hodder is, is a name that he... If he if he sticks at it, he will get there in the end because he's got that he's got that rawness. Um, and uh, w- one other name that I must mention is a uh, young Luke Colleen, who's a, a guy who's very much uh, the two times I've seen him is maybe maybe a wee bit hear him scare him as as we would say, but um, certainly the effort is and and you know he's one of these guys. That he's taken a guest booking pretty much anywhere in the country that he could have, and uh, traveling hasn't been an issue for him. You know, Greg touched on it before. Some of these guys, they're no prepared to maybe drop at the drop of a hat, go to Plymouth on a Tuesday. Luke took these bookings and uh, with, with great, uh, uh, you know, enthusiasm. So that's a, that's another name that I would mention as well. Yourself, James. Uh... You, in the last two or three minutes, you've probably nailed all the names I was thinking of um, between you. Uh, we can get first shout when we go around the room <laughs> for, the, for the championship ones, right? We'll do a, a kind of draft process. That was the um, fair, so you can, you can no, get the first shout championship. <laughs> no, I, I must admit, for every, everything you guys have said about Freddie Hodder, I would I would tend to agree with. Um, I've been impressed with him the, the two or three times I've seen him. Um and obviously, there's there's the sort of obvious uh, the obvious guys, uh, as you say, Ashton Bowden. When I saw him, in fact, that entire Leicester team that I saw this year, and I think I've been touched on it when we were commentating on the meeting, Martin. It's an every now and again, there's certain teams in certain years that you remember, you know, and that, that get spoken about, and and you know, for years to come, you know, you think of like the sort of the the Ipswich team in '98. Peterborough team of ninety six, ninety six third division, teams like that. Ninety seven, apologies. Um, team at eighty nine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that as well. Uh, there's these teams that that people always refer to, and and at the time I felt that Leicester's team this year um, is, is one of them. Um, and a, another rider I would probably uh, say is Ben Trigger. Uh, he kept the Berwick and he just got better and better and better as the night went on um, and I do, I feel that uh, if he can keep on the same trajectory he's got a, a very, very bright future as well So that'll be the bullets uh, for the 2023 season we're going to move on to the FTS bandits now, obviously um, a year plagued by injury for, for, for kind of top to bottom for the first meeting to the season, practically to the last meeting of the season. Uh, the, the boys were plagued with injury. We've seen it. Uh, Greg, I'll come to you first on this one because I know you, you, you were there. I'm not particularly sure whether James and Marty were at Red Car for the first meeting of the season. Um, 
Jai in the lead up to the meeting had got injured. Leon decides to go through the fence in the parade um, and hurt, hurt his ankle. Um, that pretty much summed up the 2023 season, really, didn't it? In the first, before we had even kicked the ball. Aye, and uh, I wasn't there, but... <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> I was, uh, I think I was in the middle of night shift lambing at that point, but, Aye. you know, it was, um, I remember looking at the updates on it and, it's kind of just a, a collective sort of from every Berwick fan around was just no again <laughs> that was it we just all had uh, had the idea of the way that the, the season maybe was looking like it was going to go and it certainly did Marty um, just on that like obviously early season um, as we, as all Speedway fans would be really you're full of optimism looking at the team looking at the kind of positives of everything and we did line up strong team we mentioned um we mentioned obviously well, I think this was off here actually me and James were talking we were talking about uh Thomas coming in and almost an impossible average really um we kind of Rory then coming in at the back of that um but the, the the start of the season was kind of mixed bag. We had those the, the Keel Cup match at Redcar, but then we won at Edinburgh and a good result against Edinburgh at home. So the, it, there was signs of optimism early season, wasn't there? There certainly was, and <clears throat> you know that that was the thing. It, it's it's the hope that kills you in a way, mm-hmm. uh, because we started off better than what we maybe expected as far as that was concerned. Like you say. Uh, that winning at Edinburgh and a good result at home against Edinburgh. We all knew Glasgow was going to be a big challenge uh, in, in that section anyway. But uh, you, you start off well and then in, in any sport, these things happen and it kind of scuppers your plans and uh, aye, that was kind of all she wrote after that. But certainly early doors, the optimism was there and it was always a case. You just felt if the, the guys could get a few... Uh, good races under their belts and good meetings um, that, you know, get the ball rolling and it, it, it gets the, the confidence rolling and things like that. So certainly early doors, optimism was was, was massive. It's, it's funny you mentioned that there, Marty, as well, about they're getting the ball rolling early because we've we seen, I'm, I'm sure it was the, the, the BSN match at, at Glasgow where uh, Jonas comes out Heat one comes comes flying out of the gear, leading for a lap, and then crashes into the fence again. Look, it's all these small things, James, that kind of like build up the pitch of your season. And unfortunately for the bandits, there was there was far the the negatives far outweigh the the kind of positives. Really, the dead, the dead, and and I think you know you mentioned there, you know, right? You're you're exactly right. It's all these like sort of small small pieces that make up the bigger picture, isn't it? And uh, yeah, you can probably point to you know that night at Glasgow, Jonas got hurt. I would argue that he was he wasn't the same rider after that. No, um, you know it was a sort of shadow of the rider that he that he was. Um, and yeah, and then obviously I, I think I think I said in my, in my sort of notes at the the end of the season uh, there, like if ever there was someone that typified the the sort of season, it was you know there was a race at uh, Shieldfield. I can't remember which meeting it was, but. Uh, Thomas Jorgensen, uh, he went for last to first and flying, never looked better and then got his salute in front and uh, the bike stopped mm-hmm. and that was it. And that was like, probably I think Thomas scored maybe two points that night and, you know, the, 
again, anybody looking at updates, you see, oh, I scored two points, you know, and then they make their own assumptions. But, you know, the, the effort that was there, and it, it comes back, to, we talk about it all the time, it comes back to these, like, fine margins for the difference between, you know, the difference between somebody scoring two points and somebody scoring 15 isn't actually all that much, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I, I mean, yes, over the course of the season, I, yeah, at times we just we just weren't at the races, but um, you know, again, it wasn't for for lack of effort, but you know, bad luck um, was yeah, like just a just a, a catalog of rotten luck from beginning to end um, painted the picture of what was it was a disappointing season, but you know what? There's there's always um, there's always positives to take from. Uh, from 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 anything, no matter how how bad it gets at times. Greg, would you say arguably arguably the the highlight of the bandit season came uh, in that match at Armadale when the the BSN series where we managed to take a win? Oh, absolutely! It was a night that we kind of thought that things were going to turn around, but going off it, it was very difficult for me standing in the in the booth to uh, try and be composed and uh, and 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 stay as a neutral, but. You know that race where you just have to look at when when Jai and Connor were out against each uh, out with each other, and Jai's looking over his shoulder as he makes sure where Connor is, and they just rode absolutely brilliantly. Uh, it, it really was one of them things that did show what the potential that the team had, and I think you know after that it was it was just a case of the fact that nobody clicked at the same time. I think that individually the lads would have. You know, some of them would have been having some good meetings, but it just was the rest of the team that were trying to follow on through that. And your next meeting or your your next few meetings afterwards, that person would maybe drop off and somebody else kind of picked it up a bit. Uh, we remember again, you know, another BSN meeting where um, where the bandits went to Birmingham. That's plenty. That's too much. You've seen, you've had your four or five plugs in there. That is that's that. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't working that night, but you know. <clears throat> uh, we saw TJ uh, when he got in at number two. He rode like an absolute machine. Um, so you know it was uh, it's it was one of them things that again people were clicking on different nights. And and I, I think I think the the other issue that we maybe had was the break that we had uh, during the season did not help either. Yeah, definitely. We'll get to that part there, Greg. It was well mentioned. But, uh, Marty, I'm going to come back to you. Obviously, in the early parts of the season, as I say, Thomas did have the kind of weight of that high average uh, on him. Rory coming back in for uh, after a year out the sport. Uh, but we've seen, obviously, it clicked at Edinburgh for, for, for Rory, uh, against Edinburgh for Rory. Thomas was still having a few issues. But I think then the problem has is that, I think in the Glasgow meetings, both riders... I think we're we're failing to score. We're struggling to score any points whatsoever. Uh, and when when you're one in five, are struggling to score points like that, it's going to end in heavy defeats, regardless to whatever team you're racing for. That's entirely it. And obviously, you've got your big heats, thirteens, and heat thirteen, fifteen, I should say. So yeah, when you've got your your top men that are having off nights, and you're you're looking at the, the second strings and the reserves to take up the slack, as it were. Um, and and get that those extra points, but not just that. Try and g up the guys. I mean, we're talking about mostly ex- experienced riders here, but obviously the issue is when you're when your head's down and you're you're struggling and you're trying everything that you know to 
to turn it around on the night and it whatever you try just doesn't work and it it's got to be the most infuriating thing as a speedway rider and uh yeah it <laughs> unfortunately for Beric it, it happened for the both of them on the same night and that's just uh that's the way sport goes sometimes unfortunately Absolutely. And we moved on to the the, the championship campaign. Uh, we opened that up, James, with a, a fantastic one uh, over Scunthorpe. Albeit a wee bit of fortune came our way for once. I think if we look at the season in a home, we talk about swings and swings and roundabouts. We maybe got one yeah. swing out of that particular roundabout yeah. um, through the season. But it was a, it was a, a good opening win of the season against a, 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 what turned out to be a very, very strong Scunthorpe side. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Scunthorpe were dark horses, weren't they? Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, they were. And uh, I think, yes, I mean, you, you always like to think that we, we did have a bit, of, a bit of, you know, good luck on the rare occasion we did have. Um, we got some good luck that night and we, and we were fortunate. But you like to think that over the course of the season, these things kind of even themselves out, even if that didn't actually happen. But um, yeah, and I think, you know, getting a win over a team like that was the ideal way to start. Um, and and I think Greg probably called it absolutely right in saying that you know everybody clicked. It's just that nobody clicked on the same night. You know, um, uh, with possibly the exception of that night at Armadale. And it, you're and yeah, it was good to get a win over over Scunthorpe. But I think even at that point we we knew that tougher tests were going to be um, on the horizon, and we would have to be better than we were that night. Um, to to eke out to eke out results against some of the sort of bigger the bigger hitters and on the whole it just you know for a, a, a number of reasons it didn't really happen for us but certainly that night you know you were sort of full of optimism you're thinking right we've got a win on the board and we can kind of you know kick on for there and and get a bit of momentum but for one reason or another that just didn't happen and I think you you has been said before you know that the the break in the fixtures and stuff like that just didn't do us any favors and that's that's not an excuse um you know that that, that anybody should be using but it, it it didn't allow us to build on on, on any momentum i don't think I, I definitely agree with you there james because i think what ends up happening then as well when the guys are not although the guys are racing and they're racing uh, all over europe or whatever it may be they're not in the the Beric environment, which means that that break totally. uh, it just it just takes away for the the kind of team morale um Greg, you mentioned something earlier, which I had down on my, my kind of notes to discuss, and I, I did find that interesting when you look at the season again. Like you maybe see some big defeats away from home, but what I would say is, is that I don't particularly think we disgraced ourselves away from home. Maybe in terms of looking at maybe uh, the the league meeting at Glasgow, we were thoroughly thoroughly beaten. But when I look at um, maybe meetings like you know Oxford Pool away, Plymouth, uh, Edinburgh, those kind of uh, Birmingham as well, which you mentioned. When when I look at those those fixtures, um, we were at, like, even until the halfway point against kind of Oxford and, and Plymouth, um, and then like obviously we run another teams kind of close away from home as well. Um, although riders are not particularly clacking and walking out and dominating races and stuff, there was definitely a team spirit there that kept us in some of these matches away from home. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, and you just have to look back at the the meeting that we went to against Oxford. Um, that meeting there, you would have thought that it would have been a bit of a an absolute hammering. Uh, but you know, we went out there and we and we the boys done their best. Um, you know, get just just losing out towards the end. 
Uh, I, know, I know that we, we managed to all see that on the BSN. <clears throat> and um, it was a, a meeting where we just thought that this, you know, we, we, we could maybe we could maybe win this. But I think the same, it was the same old story the whole time. There was, we just were getting caught out in the last few heats. We had a challenge on, we'd be leading a meeting. You know, not by not by a lot. It wasn't like we disgraced ourselves with a massive defeat, but we could we were well in contention of the meeting going either way. And then you got to your heat thirteen, and things just started to slip away from us, and it 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 started to become a bit more of a. It looked worse on the scorecard at the end of the night. It looked like a it looked like a worse um, result for the boys, but it was more it was more just them last few. Uh, last few heats of the of the meetings for us that was, was costing us the, the wins. Absolutely. And when you look at the home form, Marty, there is, there is too much. We can't get away from the fact, uh, and I know we're speaking quite negatively, but we're being as honest and as objective as we can be. There was too many big defeats in there, wasn't there? Too many too many off nights. For, for we've, I've gave the kind of positive side of things in terms of away from home and showing a bit of spirit. But ultimately, Saturday night, Shield Field, um, your season's built on being strong at home, getting home wins, especially in the format as it was now, um, with a bonus point over two, two matches. It's imperative to win home matches, and there was just too many big defeats in there to to keep us competitive. It certainly was, unfortunately, and uh, that that was the issue, as you say. Most weeks, teams are turning up, and they're thinking if we get a run at Berwick early doors, there's a chance that we can sneak a win here. And I think a lot of away fans would be coming to Berwick with that in mind. Um, however, you know, again, at, at times we would run teams close to the best part of the halfway point in the meeting and it would just slip away a little bit towards the end and uh, that was a undoing most weeks but the, there was instances where I, I think it was Edinburgh in the league, Leon had a puncture in heat 15 whilst he was in a position for us to get a draw or a, a win maybe um, and then the following week he gets the points for us to beat Redcar finally after how God knows how many attempts um, and, and Greg was in the box with me that night because James was in Poland and uh, the, the atmosphere even in the box between Greg and I just bantering about the, what was going on was just incredible but um, yes, sadly too many too many defeats um, and, and as you say, that's the name of the game given the format if you can get your home wins on the board and sneak a few bonus points away from home but uh Unfortunately, these things happen, you know. In theory, James, this format should probably sit Berwick more than any other club. Yeah, I, I mean, in theory, the thing is, there's, um, you know, there's a lot of riders. I mean, there's a lot of riders that enjoy riding Shieldfield, but there'll be, you know, there's a lot of guys that I've seen a lot of, you know, guys who've went on to be top, top riders that never got to grips with, with Shieldfield in their visits and. You know, so it isn't for everybody. You know, it's a daunting, uh, a daunting place to come. So yeah, in in theory, you know, building on, you know, a, a it, it didn't become so much. Um, obviously, you want to go and win every meeting, but it didn't become like imperative to to score um, wins on the on the road. You know, and 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 it it's obviously about building up a, a strong aggregate uh, score and over. You know, it all becomes a two legged affair, doesn't it? Um, so yeah, with that in mind, it, it's and I, I dare say that 
that that'll be maybe the impetus upon which the the team should be maybe built for next year is to sort of turn um turn Shieldfield into a bit of a fortress again, um and try and uh, you know try and make advantage of that uh, of that format. Absolutely, um, that's the kind of kind of negative stuff coming out the way. It was good to see at the end of the season, Dan's to- uh, Thomas back for injury and stuff like that as well, because it was a na- it was a nasty injury that he had throughout the season. There was it was just plagued by injuries, and it seemed to be plagued by serious injury um, as well. And it was just good to see the guys. Now they're they're the walking wounded has has revived theirself and they're they're all up and about and we're we're looking forward to kind of next season as well. Now um now obviously when we were discussing the kind of national league there we did the kind of um the kind of build up the rider that maybe would have caught your eye but not necessarily you would have put forward for maybe rider of the year. Um with the championship we're going to split this into a wee bit of categories so we'll stick with that a rider that's caught your eye that you maybe. Didn't expect to be as good as what they were. Uh, we'll do a wee championship rider of the year and we'll do a shield rider of the year, so a way rider of the year uh, for Berwick. But we'll kick off with the kind of format that we did uh, in the, the National League. And James, since you went last, draft process, <laughs> that means you go first this time. Who, who are you having, my friend? Um, I'm going to go with Marcin Novak of Glasgow. Um, he... I remember him coming the first time he came to Shieldfield. I don't think he scored. And to be honest, he looked like he'd never been on a bike before. Um, the very first time I seen him. And obviously with Polish riders, you generally expect them to take a, a liking to Shieldfield. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know this year, the minute he popped out in heat one, I think, I can't remember if he won it or he finished second. Um, but the minute he popped out and was in the points, I remember being in the box that night and thinking, we're in trouble here because <laughs> he's uh, he's, he's going to score points tonight. And, and so he did. And uh, I think that may have been his last meeting for Glasgow, actually, ironically. Yeah, but it was. Um, but uh, yeah, he certainly, he certainly caught my eye and uh, he, he was, he was the, the, their match winner that night. I felt. Uh, you, over you, Marty. Uh, I'm going to plump for Simon Lambert. Um, ah. a, a guy that I've seen him have good meetings at Berwick. And, and bad ones too, but on on the whole, every time he was at Berwick this year, whether it be a guest, because at one point he seemed to be there every other week guesting, <laughs> either home or away, but uh, certainly a, a guy, who, and, and let's be fair, his 2023 season all round was fantastic for the lad. Um, <clears throat> I say lad, it, it, I think he might, he might not be in, in his younger years as it were, but certainly now um, Simon Lambert the effort that he put in, whether it be guesting for Berwick, against Berwick, or for his Scunthorpe team, he, he rode fantastically well every time he appeared, certainly at Shieldfield, and uh, even, who can forget, his performance at the British final when conditions were uh, less than uh, perfect, shall we say, so I would go for Simon Lambert. Greg, you want me to go first, or you go next, my man? I'll just wrap it up, I'll just say my bit, he, he needs no explanation for why I'm picking this rider at all. He's my pal, Lee Complin. Just, you know, he's been terrific to watch. Puts his heart and soul into it. And, uh, yeah, that's my that's my way rider. This isn't that way rider we're doing. This is the catch your eye one. But I get where you're coming from. Oh, the catch your eye. Aye, aye, aye. There you go. Aye, aye. But that's you know right. what I mean. 
Right, so the, the catch my eye one, the, the rider that basically turned up and basically I was like, oh, I didn't expect him to be as good. Kind of in the same kind of theme <laughs> as James with Marcin Novak. One was um, Bastian Bjork when he came with Edinburgh. And you were, I had seen Bastian ride when uh, I was out with Leon at the the SGP2 qualifier in Crisco. Um, I don't think he scored a point that night. I did not expect him to basically turn up at Edinburgh as, as good as what he was, considering he was he was probably more suited to kind of the bigger tracks. Uh, when it came to Berwick for the, oh, that must have been the championship match. Um, I, I don't think he'd ever seen the place and he went out and, <laughs> he went out and scored a lot of points, which was just as well, because um, Edinburgh had lost a couple of riders through injury. But he was definitely one that, that kind of caught my eye. As you say, James, like kind of like Marston, when people don't, necessarily turn up to Berwick and, and catch one of straight away. He seemed to love it. He seemed to revel yeah. in uh, uh, Berwick. And so he was definitely the uh, the, the the rider that turned up and I was like, oh, that boy's a rider. And he's, he, he impressed me actually when we were we were at Edinburgh as well. He's obviously um, had a lot of investment in his equipment and stuff like that. And it looks as if he's going places, uh, the boy as well. So uh, definitely Bastian Bjork. Right, I'm going to circle back round. So we'll go uh, Shieldfield away rider of the year. Um, I'm going to come to you first, Marty. Oh, um, and mine's is mine's is easy. I've I've got it. So is mine. Probably Ryan Douglas. Right. Um, when he when uh, he, he was, I think he got a maximum when he comes to Scunthorpe. Uh, are we talking? Are we talking about visiting riders, or do you mean Berwick riders away from home? No, no, visiting riders. You were you were Vis- on the money aye, there. That's exactly aye. what I was meaning. Yeah. Aye, sorry. Um, yes, Ryan Douglas. He was just class personified uh, to quote Tony Millard. Um, he he was a guy that just he was untouchable, flawless all night. Um. And uh, uh, fair enough, he maybe he had a fantastic year, but uh, he, he was outstanding to watch. He's, he's really sort of come to the fore in Speedway now, and I expect him to push on even more. James? Um, I would have to say an honourable mention to Ryan Douglas, certainly. Um, but Richard Lawson, uh, without question, he was just... Phenomenal! Uh, you could erase till midnight, and nobody was touching him uh, that night. It was, uh, it was there. Um, so I, he, he gets manned with, uh, with also an honourable mention to uh, Benjamin Basso as well, because um, he was, he was just fantastic to watch as well. But yeah, Richard Lawson gets manned there. Greg, well, I'm gonna go with Chris Bomber Harris because, you know, uh. Again, entertainment value and just is, you know, on keeping you on the edge of your seat. I reckon that people that maybe didn't go to too many that were local to Berwick that maybe didn't go this year because of what was all going on, we're getting beated all the time. I didn't say beated. <laughs> beaten. <laughs> Be- beaten. Um, I think that when they saw that Glasgow were in town and Chris Harris was coming, I think they would definitely come to uh, pay their money to go watch that. And uh, that's, I'll give uh, Chris Harris that one. Ben Basso's masher, I thought he was he was world class the night he came. There was obviously a lot of chat kind of about Ben Basso because I think the week before he had the scrap with, with with Craig Cook when Glasgow took on Edinburgh and there was the, he's obviously got that wee bit of reputation for maybe being um a hard rider, shall we put it? 
um, when he maybe doesn't make the gate or whatever, but there was no chance that that ever was ever happening uh, when Glasgow came in the BSN series because I think he made it was six starts out of six because he got an eighteen point maximum from from memory, um, and mm-hmm. I think it, uh, Mark, you're probably um, more up with the kind of stats and stuff like that. I think maybe Sam Masters was the last one to do that. It was a good number of years before that. Uh, that I'll, I'll think possibly Jason Doyle. Back in his Somerset days, right? Okay, um, is, is a name that I would say I would recollect from um, getting those sort of figures yeah. as a visiting rider. Uh, I definitely, and uh, I thought as a, as a kind of one off performance, he was the most eye catching rider I've seen at, at Shieldfield that, that, that year, and I would definitely he would kind of get my, my vote on, on that one as well. So we'll sneak back around. So, as the t- obviously, we were. We're seeing, we see a lot of things in the, the championship and obviously through the BSN, uh, free plug for Greg and the boys and Martin and Ben and all the guys there at the BSN uh, do, we see a lot more championship racing than what, what we did previously, which obviously then gives us the opportunity to speak um, about this level of British Speedway as a whole, with a lot more authority than what we would have previously, instead of looking at the Speedway star and looking at figures um, and reading other people's opinions on it, so we're forming our own, so to speak. Um, looking at the the kind of league as 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 a whole, who would who would we who would we be saying as the the kind of rider of the 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 year and the and the championship? Greg, I think it's only fair that we come to you first on this one. Uh, you know, that is a difficult one for me because um, there has been some brilliant, fantastic riders uh, in the championship this year, um, and you know. Two that immediately jump out to me, they've already been named. Um, Simon Lambert and Chris Harris. I mean, the both of them, the way that they've performed this year, um everywhere they've went, really, they've 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 given it their all. And I think um, you know, just just performances and meetings alone that I have seen them at and and you know, being lucky enough to be involved in the pits and and interviewing these guys, they've um the passion that they have for the sport, and even when things are going wrong. They're just, they're not giving up. You know, things can be going wrong for them in their right up until their third heat. They want to get things fixed and go out and win it. And both of them have had that determination. So, yeah, they're, I would say them too. Come to you, James. Um, probably, probably Chris Harris as well, you know, because um, I think that he went to Glasgow um, off the back of a phenomenal season with ourselves, obviously. But then he went there under immense pressure, and obviously they're under under pressure to to right the wrongs of his spell uh, there previously as well, where things just simply really didn't go to plan, and as such, controversially or otherwise, they are league champions, and he is a a massive uh, a massive part of that, and he and his his form in the in the playoffs just phenomenal, um, and he seems to be. He seems to be getting better with age, so he gets my my nod uh, again. Probably with an honourable mention to Ryan Douglas, who has been absolutely phenomenal to watch everywhere this year. Marty, I'm going to say Chris Harris as well because, as James alluded to, he went back to Glasgow with the intention. He says, "I need to right the wrongs of 2018 when I was at Glasgow." Was it? I think it was 2018. Um, and he, he said, my main mission is to do better than what I did last time and hopefully bring home some silverware. And it, 
he was phenomenal all season, but when it mattered the most, and you know, it was on the line for winning the, the, the championship and it gets to the playoffs, as Kelvin Tatum said, it, it becomes this sort of gladiatorial rider where he just ups his game tenfold and he, he I'm not saying dragged the team through because obviously they, they had a brilliant season as it was anyway. But when your number one goes out and does that sort of performance, it gives everybody else a lift. So I would say Chris Harris, the same as the other guys. I think for me, there's um, I probably can't bring myself to vote for a Glasgow rider to be a, a rider of a year. I think that's my overriding, my overriding <laughs> of my emotion at the moment. Uh, when, I, when I look at it, like what the way I would kind of justify my pick would be um, my pick would be Ryan Douglas. The sheer fact that when you look at the kind of makeup of the the the, the Scunthorpe team, perhaps some of the matches that maybe uh, riders are struggling in, etc. Ryan was like the ultra pro, the full season. Um, he was the guy that you could rely on to get those to get the wins and keep the, keep the team uh, in it. Because it's Simon Lambert, as you you mentioned, Greg had a phenomenal year. But there was times where uh, some of the Scunthorpe guys were maybe dipping in and out of form, injuries and whatever. But Ryan was a real constant all year, and it's probably it's easily his most consistent season. Um, today you could pretty much guarantee him scoring 12, 13, 14 points every meeting and I, I think that would be his consistency coupled with the fact of how much he maybe dragged Scunthorpe with him at times during the season, uh, which I think you need. That is what a number one is. He he, he basically put Scunthorpe on his back and kind of dragged them with him. Um, real, real true number one kind of all, all season. When I th- The reason I'm kind of putting in my head to Chris Harris really is not only the fact that I kind of vote for a Glasgow rider like that, but when you look at uh, the kind of backup that Chris had, like there, there wasn't as much pressure on Chris all gear to be that out and out number one. And when you've got Tom Brennan, Klaus Fissen, um, Tarasenko, March, all these guys that are, could easily walk in, you know, like a, a Beric for talking sake can probably be number one. Um, and I would say honourable mentions to guys like Sam Masters. I don't think he lost a heat one uh, at home to about August or something like that. His consistency at championship level. And he's one of my pals as well. So I guess that's why I'm not giving him the nod overall. But um, <laughs> Sam's just a phenomenal rider at, at this level. Mr. Consistency, never missed it. I was really impressed with Danny King's season at Red Car this year. Um, especially, he probably just missed out on my away rider of the year as well. When you see Danny, I could watch Danny practice. I wouldn't say that about many riders when you see his style on the bike and whatever. Um He's somebody that I absolutely adore watching. He's a Rolls Royce speedway rider, absolute Rolls Royce speedway rider. And um, but I'm going to give it to to kind of Ryan, uh, Ryan overall. Yeah, boys, just to think back to to kind of Saturday night at the the end of season awards. Um, don't think any of us would have any arguments over the fact that Connor got Rider of the Year. Uh, for the bandits, it uh, was the battling bandit all, all season long. Um, for that one Armadale where he typified the full performance, he, he really dug in and took all of Nathan's rides and was was absolutely phenomenal that night. And he carried that on through the full full season, battling battling performances for both the bullets and bandits. And I don't think there's I don't think there can be any argument really. Um, to Connor being bandit of the year, I'll come to you first, James, on that one because I know you had a blur, but the night that was it was just it just had a fantastic year. 
Yeah, yeah, certainly. I think that had he not been voted Rider of the Year, uh, it would have been a bit of a travesty in all truth. Um, from from night one, I think as well what's particularly pre- pleasing is the fact that when the team was announced and, and he was announced, there was loads of chatter online about how, you know, why have they signed him? Um, you know, he won't last the season. It's just going to be a sacrificial lamb and all this nonsense. And he proved everybody wrong night in, night out. And all right, he, he maybe didn't always score, you know, a lot of points, but it's, it's the old, um, the old cliche that if, uh, if, the points were scored on the, on effort alone. Connor would have been top of the averages, you know. Just it, it put a shift in every time you saw him. Gave his all. Obviously, he drove, you know, something like a fourteen-hour round trip to to ride for the band. It's it's uh, at his home meetings and his um, his attitude and his approach to it was was a breath of fresh air and, and, and yeah, thoroughly thoroughly deserved his award. And he endeared himself to the fans, Marty, didn't he, early on in the season? Because you've seen that, um, as James mentioned, probably wasn't big things expected. The Connor Cole's first meeting of the year at Red Car pops out to start, heat to it, and wins it. And I think there was a lot of eyebrows went up at that point to go, wait a minute, we might just have one of these two-point riders that can double their average and uh, try to keep us in meetings. And then we we just seen those battling kind of performances there, there on and after but he, he endeared himself very early to the fan base which obviously helps fans are happy with you you're happy with the environment you're in you're going to you're going to produce your best racing that's it entirely and you know first of all he, he's scoring his average but a lot of the times he's actually scoring more than what his average was and uh, you know in match winning positions and bringing in a uh, reserve replacement maybe in heat 14 when we need a heat advantage uh, to get us into a good position for heat 15, things like that. But uh, it's the manner in how he scored the points and getting out in front because he made some terrific starts at times as well, but getting out in front and beating guys that were maybe thinking, oh, well, I, hold, hold on a minute. Uh, the guys maybe thinking, well, we should be winning against like say, Connor possibly, but he, he rode well, cleverly, and uh, like you say, he endeared himself to the fans by the manner on how he rode, but he also done it always with a smile on his face. He was the ever uh, cheery presence at Berwick, if you like, in many ways, and uh, you know, that's something that will always endear himself to the Berwick public is uh, if he does it all with a smile on his face and uh, you know, lots of uh, gusto, shall we say. Absolutely. Uh, Greg, your your thoughts on Connor? I think he's an absolutely fantastic lad. We've had uh, a great season together. You know, we've um, we've spent a lot of time together this season, and you know, he's just he's he's been a cracking cracking laugh um, all the way through. And I've I've reminded him all season about how uh, last year I stopped him getting an eighteen point max at Milden Hall, um, which I enjoy uh, mentioning that quite a lot to him, but um, yeah, just, you know, he beats himself up quite, uh, quite harshly. Uh, he's really, he's very harsh on himself when it, when he's, um, when it comes down to it at times, especially if he gets, you know, he knows when he's, he knows when he's going to be dropped out. He's, he's, uh, he's fourth rider or whatever, when he, especially in the bandits, he knew he never got dropped out right at the, at the bullets, but he knows when it was coming and he would take it pretty hard. Um, 
but that was just the character of the guy. You know, he was always wanting to do better. And yeah, um, fantastic lad and fantastic rider. Absolutely. We draw a line under the 2023 season now. We're obviously recording this in November and it's heart-wrenching to think that we're not going to see bikes for a few a few months And because we all love our speedway and uh, even though the, the season's not quite as, went as well as what we had hoped, it's still enjoyable to be around and it's enjoyable to be around the club, the club as well. Um, the night on Saturday evening at the end of the season, Dan's James, we're going to come to you first on this one. Um, the club's made a significant change in terms of this kind of structure uh, and the management and stuff like that, because obviously we know Jamie Courtney's involved with uh, Oxford as well, and obviously there's a lot of pressure on the, the other guys there um, to carry that out. Um, we obviously seen Gary Flint step down, um, albeit <clears throat> from the team management side of things um, during last season. That left a void that basically kind of Kevin Little and, and Scott Courtney filled uh, last season. The, the club's made the move to bring in uh, Stuart Dixon ahead of the 2024 season to kind of lighten the load on them and obviously give stability uh, to the guys that are going to be wearing the Bandits uniforms next season. Um, what's your reaction to that That kind of change? Were you surprised when the, the kind of club announced that as well? Uh, yeah, I think it came as a surprise, um, but a pleasant one, very pleasant one, in fact. Um, Stuart, you know, he's a a guy who doesn't really need an introduction. Um, he's been there, done it. You know, he's, he's put together. He'll give you phenomenal... his own introduction, James. He doesn't need this, somebody to give it. This for is him. this is true. <laughs> this is true. Aye, is uh, but you know exactly that though. He's a, I mean, he's a real character as well. Um, but not only that, is um, he, he, he commands. Uh, a little bit like he, he seems to command sort of respect for, for riders and, and riders seem to to like or some riders seem to like um riding for him uh, and he seems to be able to bring out the the best in, in certain riders as well um and not obviously throw in the fact that he's like a, a bit of a master tactician as well um and yeah i think it's a i think it's a great appointment um and as such, there's probably, you know, obviously we've came off the back of a well-documented tough season that we've obviously covered. Um, but I think with with that announcement of, of like that announcement alone of him coming on board, you'll need to look at the, the comments on, on social media um, off the back of it to see the positive impact that he's had already. Um, and obviously we're, you know, six months away for, for seeing any bikes heading, heading sideways around Shieldfield. So, yeah, exciting times ahead, and as I say, it was a, a very, it was a surprise, but a very, very pleasant one. I think, Marty, the one thing that kind of stands out for me to, in, in Stuart, I know Stuart well, I've known him for a, for a number of years now, um, he obviously has one of the people, he's like a magnet, that you just want to hear his stories and you want to speak to him, because he's, he's just one of the type of people, um, but I think one of the things that I think um, He's done. It's not just the kind of success and trophies and stuff that he's he's had there. He's obviously um, commands, as James says, a lot of respect for riders. But it's the it's the relationship. Sorry, the relationships he has with riders that would probably be considered as misfits. I'm not going to name any of them. Um, you probably anybody listening to this will know what I mean by that. But riders that maybe other teams, promotions, etc. would find difficult to manage. He seems to have some sort of spell over some of these guys or relationships with them where he can get the best out of them and they don't seem to be that 
that much a, a handful for him at times. Uh, very well put, Scott. Um, yes, I think you're right on that front. I mean, some people once dubbed him uh, the Jose Mourinho at Speedway, but uh, I, I don't know entirely what that reference meant. But um, certainly, it does make a lot of sense in what you're saying that it, there'll be guys out there that he probably nobody's even thinking about possibly coming to Berwick, but because Stuart has built up this relationship with them and they're maybe, for whatever reason, their averages are falling out of favour with the clubs that they ride for, Stuart's able to, to possibly tap into that as, as a market to bring some fresh faces to Berwick. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what route he goes down. Um, but if, if over the years it's been proven that we've had guys at Berwick that have been discarded, shall we say, by other clubs and they've come to Berwick and flourished in the right environment and they've got, we've got somebody of Stuart's uh, stature and experience on top of what we've already got. It's only going to enhance it. Absolutely, Greg. I'm going to come to you with this one. Uh, I'm going to quote Stuart here when he said at the end of season two where he said there would be three or four changes uh, in the bandit side for next season. Now, we're not obviously going to speculate. Uh, we're not a rumour podcast and obviously we're affiliated with the club. We're not going to speculate who the riders are that, that's kind of leaving. Uh, the only thing I want to kind of pick up on from that is that Obviously, Stuart wants to put his own stamp on Berwick Speedway, and it's not going to be, um, it's not going to be necessarily some some faces that just fat numbers that just fat. He's wanting to put his stamp on Berwick Speedway, and it's very much going to be his team that's on track come twenty twenty four. Yeah, that's it. He's not wanting to, you know, manage someone else's team, so to speak, and, and come in and take that on. He's coming in to Berwick to, you know, like you've said make it his own and go out there and uh, and get silverware that he's you know and I, like you've said you know would you rather have uh, you know Stuart Dixon as your team manager or just have like that that what Berwick's had every now and again has just been that one out and out number one but you've not had the rest of the team to back it up I think having that team manager there who knows what he's doing and it's more of you know like you say, they have respect for him. I remember I got a guest booking in 2021 with him at Leicester with at Redcar and we walked out on the track to do the track walk and I was pretty nervous because it was, I think it was a playoff situation that we were in or it was or it was going to be for, for the playoffs and we walked out on track and I had been there the week before and he just went, you know, it was like Hans Anderson uh, kind of guys were there and he just went, don't worry, lads, we're in good hands. Greg rode here last week. Right, Greg, take it away. What's the track going to do the night? <laughs> now it's just bright red. So they're like, uh, uh. Anyway, I'm only pulling your legs, son, you're fine. But, you know, that kind of uh, attitude that he's got, team manager-wise, going round the track, you know, going for a walk with the lads, he's telling the boys, like, it's not just a case of bigging them up and saying, I know you're capable of this, that, or anything else. He's telling them what they're going to do and there's going to be no excuses, you know. He he doesn't want to hear it if they come back in and oh, it's this is wrong with the bike or that. Well, it's the case of well, it, that shouldn't have been wrong with the bike. You're the pilot. You're the one that pays your mechanic, or you're the one that works on the bike. Just get it done and don't come to me with these excuses. I don't want to hear it. And I think his no nonsense attitude is is the is the right kind of attitude, in my opinion. It's funny you mentioned that because <clears throat> that season I was down at uh, Wills versus uh, Leicester. Uh, my wee boy uh, 
seven was was in the pits. Heat one. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to the kind of Wolverhampton track where the way pits are. They come round and then they go round the back of the trees and then onto the track. And my wee boys, like Dad, uh, said he's got the wrong helmet colour on. I was like, no, he's not. He's not got the wrong helmet colour on. He did. He had the red helmet colour on instead of blue. So I've turned round and obviously I'm there with, with kind of Leon ran over a ran over to Stuart and I'm like, Stuart said he's got the wrong helmet colour on. He was fuming. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, what the beep? Steve came out his ears and he came up to me later and he was like, ah, thanks very much for that. And I was like, don't thank me. It was Luke that noticed it. I didn't, I didn't notice. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't notice for the life of me that uh, said he had the wrong helmet colour on. I was, just wasn't paying attention that much. Um, boys, Thank you very much for the last hour or so as we've been through the, the whole season as best we could, obviously, try to throw some uh, positives on it and being as honest as we as obviously we possibly can. And we know the club's got big ambitions to expand these type of things uh, and create a kind of more media brand. And obviously, we're all a part of that. And it was good to get all four of us together uh, on the, the, the kind of podcast to get through the season. And I, I thank you very much. Uh, for joining me on that one. Um, as we say, Berwick Speedway will be back with you uh, in March as we look ahead to the new season. But obviously, keep a, keep an eye out on the social media uh, for all the latest signing news. Uh, you may see some specials for, from Total Access popping up through the winter uh, as we speak to possible new signings. We put some stuff together uh, doing that as well. If you're still looking for podcasts, etc., uh, my own podcast, Talk Speedway, uh, runs a My Life of Speedway series. Uh, that's just started to keep you entertained during the winter months. So far on there, we've had three times world champion Jason Crump, uh, Team GB team manager Ollie Arn, Stuart Robson, and this week we are releasing our podcast with Andre Compton, and we've got a few world champions lined up for later on in the series as well. So whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on search talk speedway and you'll be able to listen to those as well and you can follow us on social media for that as well until next year i would assume thank you very much boys and we'll see you soon